0: Hi, welcome to Grand Eye Gets Fit. It's another podcast. We have a really excellent guest today. And we're talking on the theme of male wellness, male fitness, and what the benefits and sharing with our guest, his experience and his knowledge and his journey in the world of exercise, wellness and fitness. As we all, we're all heading one way, which is uh, gratefully older and it's experiences that we need to do and the things that we have to work with. So we've got, and we describe it as exercise, fitness and training, three different levels. Exercise, what we do every day. Fitness, more structured and training is that hardcore dedicated stuff that we have to do at least twice a week to get that heart rate pumping. So without too much uh, flapping around, I'll hand you over to our guest and say, welcome, Sefton.
1: Hi, good, good morning. I'm, I'm very uh, grateful to have been invited to contribute to this podcast programme. And uh, if any of my anecdotes or experiences uh, assist anybody else, uh, even better. So uh, I'm happy to join in the conversation and uh, share my own journey uh, with you today. Thank you.
0: Right, thank you, Sefton. So maybe just a quick note about what, about yourself, um, if you share what you want, see so your history background in relation to anything that you think is relevant, really. Just a quick overview of yourself.
1: Okay, well, as at today, I am... Um, hold on, I'm 65. And um, I'm still in work. And um, I... Uh, commenced a significant weight loss regime about four years ago, uh, primarily uh, prompted by significant weight loss by my son, who uh, was at the time about uh, 18 or 19. And um, he lost about five stone in weight by his own methods. I saw that at close quarters and at this time and he was at uni from afar, I noticed just how much his personality and his uh, own self-esteem and confidence had risen as a consequence of his uh, own efforts and I decided that uh, he should be my inspiration to kickstart my own belated uh, entry into that uh, arena. So uh, that was the most recent uh, uh, trigger I've always been a well-put-together kind of a guy, uh, but I'd never been able to maintain uh, a sustained weight loss uh, program and regime. So very much on the back of that, I determined to uh, stick with it this time. And um, I'm also happy to report that I've probably... Uh, shed about five stone in the last uh, three or four years. And I've now maintained uh, a weight level that is uh, uh, lower than when I was at uh, grammar school in Oxford. Wow,
0: that's, uh, that's some big events there. Did, did you slip in the fact that it's your birthday today or the fact that you are 65?
1: No, I'm currently 65. I'm, I'm, I will actually be 66 in about uh, two months time in July. So um, I've always had weight issues, uh, but I made a, a, a determined decision, as I say, some <laughs> a few years ago to try to eradicate them and uh, uh, as best I can and touch wood, so far, I think I've not done too bad a job where I am today.
0: Right, so, so you, your inspiration that you say was from, the, from from your son and, and internally yeah. as well. And Because that fits in really well with the theme that we're talking about is the the mind and the body and the wellness. So a a question for you, maybe, if you you talk about what, so how's it made you feel? I know you brushed on it. How did it make you feel now? You've lost this weight. You've maintained it was the key thing that you said. What benefits had there been for you?
1: Well, si- significant benefits. I feel uh, fitter. I feel fresher. I get compliments from people who've known me a long time, who uh, recognise and and, and, and and work out that I've lost a lot of weight. Um, despite my age, I still have association with uh, a veterans uh, cricket team. And... Um, Five years ago, I was really struggling to um, take part in that activity simply because my weight slowed me down. It was burdensome being in the field as a fielder. But I managed, I still play, and I played most recently on Wednesday. And uh, one of the guys from the cricket club who knew me has known me for quite some time. Came up to me, and said, I, "I'd like, to, I'd really like to know how you've lost all this weight. What's, what's your magic wand?" And that was a conversation on Wednesday. So hearing uh, compliments uh, like that, a good for one's own well-being and 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 give you a boost, and um, it enables me to just relate. You know, it's hard work. It's gym. It's food control all the normal, usual things that you would associate with weight loss. But in my case, it's not just weight loss, it's it's fitness as well, because although the cricket isn't necessarily the most arduous of sports, you can be on your feet outside for maybe three hours at a stretch. And at my age, I'm finding I can get through that without any problems the next day. I don't get any stiffness, I don't get any aches or pains through having been mobile for that length of time. So um, uh, that's a bonus for me.
0: Yeah, it's great. The, the word that we've mentioned there is about the magic wand because uh, as a as an old, older male, uh, myself 10 years behind you, um, you, I know and experiences those things that you're talking about. It's becoming a challenge. It is really becoming a challenge. I've personally been in fitness for 30-odd years doing different things. And now I'm finding it's a challenge. So the things that you mentioned there, yes, I, I can align with it and say the magic wand is all of the above, the fitness, the activity, yeah. the hydration. Yet yeah, I don't know what your, your your sweet tooth is. Is it
1: a sweet or is it a savoury tooth? Uh, <laughs> probably both. Sweet tooth is uh, probably the uh, primary uh, problem for me. But um, about eight years ago, I did get um, a diagnosis of type 2 diabetes, which also sends alarm bells ringing. Yeah, um, But I, I really took that more seriously with the weight loss about three years after the diagnosis. At first, I thought, well, I've no real overt signs. I've always been this size. So it's no surprise to me. But then you think, well, actually, you need to mitigate that as well and uh, just live more healthily. But it, it it is a struggle, and I'm not pretending that I don't stray into uh, ice cream or chocolate, but I try to do things uh, as a, a, an, on an occasional basis rather than on an everyday or more than once-a-day kind of basis. So I am quite careful. Uh, I do have feelings of guilt if I stray into a Cadbury's... Chocolate bar, but hey, hey, we're all human, aren't we?
0: Yeah, exactly. And do you do you do you think is it um from your own opinion? And when and on the podcast, we're not professing to be medical professionals. What we're talking about is as everyday people. Do you yeah. think is it in, it's significantly harder or harder for the for males per se to maintain that image? Or retain that level of fitness because we as males, I don't think we face that um, social media pressure or that um, societal pressure to to look good. You can have a good old bloke who's a bit paunchy and he's okay, but if it's the judgment goes more on the female. So the short question is do you find it easier to be a male and having um, carrying weight over the years or What's your, what's your views on that?
1: Well, I, I've never really been influenced by sort of outside people and what people think. If I can just share with you, when I went to get my first grammar school blazer uh, in Altrincham, uh, when I was fitted out, the, uh, the guy behind the counter said to me and my mum, who was uh, proudly standing next to me, admiring my new blazer, he said, yeah, this is a blazer for a sixth former. So I've always had a noticeable size issue. So when I was in the first year at grammar school, I was in a six form blazer. Um, I'm currently six foot, well, I've always been tall, I'm six feet two. Um, I'm currently tipping the scales at about 92, 93 kilogram, uh, which in old money is about 14 stone, seven, eight pounds. Well, I was probably that weight uh, when I was 13. Uh, And I remember when at school, (coughs) I likened my weight to about a stone a year. So when I was 16, I was probably 16 stone. Um, It didn't bother me particularly then because I got through, I was active at school with sport. It didn't really handicap me, but I suppose internally, it it, it restricted my ability to get clothes off the shelf and that kind of thing. But I just got on with it. So I've never really been that much phased or influenced by what others think. I've just dealt with my situation in my own way. But I do recognize the importance of uh, fitness, the importance of uh, male fitness. All I can really say is that the preferred fitness Regime that I undertake, which is uh, spinning classes, um, I think the proportion of males to females is probably about one male to two and a half females on average in the classes. So there are, you know, two and a half times more women in the class than men. I don't know what that says, but uh, that's all I can really relate to on on, on that on that uh, topic.
0: Yeah, you're right because clearly. Uh... As i deliver lots of um, fitness sessions and uh, particularly spin sessions that ratio i think you've nailed it spot on and i've for many a year wondered why that that is because i know my views on the spinning and the bike based exercise it's an excellent format especially if you're a larger male joints impact you can you can do the yeah. cardio at any level that works for you, so it's an ideal format for males. But males predominantly, as you said with those figures, they don't go into the um, that that format that that mode of, mode of training. And I wondered ever wondered why. I don't have the answer, so I'm not hoping that you're going to give it to me. But I I, I think it it it, sh- it should be, and it could be super beneficial for males. Have you found you found it yourself? As you say, um. The spinning or indoor cycling, they call it, has been really beneficial for you. So, that form of exercise, have you used it proactively to modify and maintain your your weight? Have you have you done it?
1: Yeah, I I've latched onto it as a as a means that helps me um, complete uh, forty five minutes minimum cardio training without having to think of what I'm doing next. The classes are very engaging. Uh, The time uh, goes, there's background music, there's interaction with the other uh, participants in the group. And if I were to take it on myself to go to the gym and say, right, I'm going to do a one-hour session of cardiovascular exercise, I would really struggle to fill that one-hour Uh, because I would not really have the motivation to be doing long sessions on the rowing machine or the cross trainer or um, any of the other running machines um, for that length of time. But once I'm in the spinning room, the cycling room, I know I'm there for 45 minutes. I know that I can do it at my pace. I know that I will achieve calorie burn i know that i will you know come out of there with my endorphins highly charged and probably having um burst into sweat at some point which you know is uh, is always a healthy sign so that works for me and i certainly recommend it to anybody else male or female because there's no pressure it's not competitive but you're in a camaraderie kind of situation. So um, once I'd started it, it just became the exercise of choice for me. I'm sure others have different takes. I've tried one or two other classes um, during a time associated with the uh, gym, but they haven't really worked uh, for me because at um, my own comfort level, really.
0: Yeah, so you, you're advocating what you're saying there is um, trying to capture that. Is the value of group training? And there's many, there's much research around the value of group training, how it motivates, encourages, and you, you get better performance from being with your peers. And as you say, this a non-competitive environment, you go where you want in terms of length of time, effort, and your outcome. And the point there, you say you meant you mentioned that you, you feel you've got a sweat on. And medically, professionally, that's what they say. You should leave a session. With that, that that sense of breathlessness at a period for a period of time where it leaves you, you know, you've got a sweat on. That's going to, impart health benefits the uh, for, for the participant. i.e yourself. So I'll, I'll just maybe pull back to something that you said because we're talking about males and we're going to focus on males. We're not going to um, verge over into females. That's a different podcast. And I'm going back to what you said about you had your motivational encouragement and inspiration from your son. So I often look back and think, what nugget of knowledge could I say to younger people? Because if you think of you your son 20 odd, what information if someone if someone's can you put yourself back to when you were 18 and you'd you're hoping or you wish that someone could, have, someone could have told you something about, you know what, when you're 30, when you're 40, when you're 50, what you need, you you need to do X, Y, and Z. So what things have you, uh, um, I'm assuming you've, you've shared this with your son or things with your son to a certain extent. So what things have you said to your son or would you say to somebody in their 20s, 30s, 40s about what they need to do?
1: I think... Um... I think the thing is, looking back over my life, when I was his age, I had his mindset to determine to lose weight. I remember knowing that when I was 18, I was probably 18 stone 10, 18 stone 12. And I remember that I knew that that was not good for me, not a good look, not good for a lot of other uh, things. So I tried myself to start, an exercise programme, I, I, I started to go to a local football field, run around it, do sort of skills with a with a football that was out in the open. But it was very limited and I didn't have uh, any uh, other uh, support and it just went by the wayside. So my what I learned from that, having seen my son at that age, but having seen him do it, is that, the younger you start to maintain and get into a fitness program, the better it's likely to be and the longer, better likely long-term effects are going to be for your health and well-being. So um, I think that's, that's the main thing I would draw, that it's got to come from within you. And you've got to have your own motivation and your own desire to not just think of it, but stick with it and deliver on it, and he did it uh, and I didn't so I caught up with him uh, when he was the age when I really tried and failed so uh, I suppose that's the lesson uh, it's got to come from within and you just have to stick at it and take the take the knocks along the way and bounce yourself bounce back up and say okay right well just carry on with it.
0: Yeah, and I think part of what what you're saying there, put me right if I'm if I'm wrong. It's not per se. It's all about fitness. It's all it's all an including holistic wellness approach. It's an approach that you have to embrace all the social elements and the challenges that come along with life. Things happen. Yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: and you 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 can't know and plan your life saying fitness is going to be every single day it's going to be perfect every session you just have to factor in things are going to go right wrong but you have to have a balance and you have to accept that you have a responsibility for your own body your wellness your mind and body is what I'm trying to say that's all part of it so yeah, so I, I think you made some really good points that, that uh, Sefton and I'm glad that you you've, you've shared so many things and we've touched on that that thing we're going to finish off on was that the magic wand um, and there is no magic wand that we already d- d- discussed and what will what will discourage you the, let's go on the, the, the opposite side what could discourage you from maintaining your fitness? And your wellness what what could be some of the things that would dissuade you
1: do you think right well no drawing from my own journey to to this point what did discourage me was um, i do remember quite a number of years ago when i embarked on a, on a on a on a on an active health kit campaign and i remember that i was actually going to uh weight watchers at the time um <clears throat> to assist me. And I remember one week when I had been unbelievably uh, uh, sticking to my, not just my eating programme, but my exercise programme. I actually uh, went twice a day, a couple of days during that seven-day period. I ate uh, very sensibly. And I went to uh, get weighed in expecting there to be a significant reduction in weight and it didn't happen right it didn't happen there was no weight reduction at all uh, it either stayed the same or was nudged up a pound and i left swearing that the scales were fixed and blah 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 but that was a that that week's effort to me was not reflected in reward and that was a big downer for me and uh, um, subconsciously or consciously you think well what is the point why not have the old chocolate bar why not skip an exercise class if you're not going to get the result that you think you're entitled to in in seven days of hard graft that affected me Uh, and so it just started a, a, a a trail downwards of gradual weight increase and so on and so forth and you seem to not conscious of it till you're then made aware of it again so um, I haven't had that I'm not constantly on the scales I will weigh myself and if I do notice a kilogram or two going on then I take steps to rein that back in but for the last um, certainly three years my weight has never gone wildly above 95 96 kilograms So I'm pretty proud of that. And it seems that I've now got an established routine where it shouldn't go up. I'm still looking to get down to below 90 kilogram if I can. Um, And I may well get there, but I'm not stressing that I can't. So um, I still have a target in my head. I think for my body mass index to be uh, within healthy range i have to be about 88 kilogram but considering where i've come from to where i am again i'm not having sleepless nights over that over that deficit at the moment
0: yeah i, I think you what you're saying there is that the advice uh, is about it's not the moment it's the collective moment so it's a period over time um, yeah of not just a one week or three days or expecting something because yes we it's been Cliche and say we, we live in a a microwave culture we expect things yeah. to happen and that's uh, we're conditioned like that we, we know we can do many things very rapidly this um zoom this podcast we created this in a space of five minutes sent you the,
1: yeah
0: and it was done so we, we're socialized we know that things can happen quickly and when it doesn't happen quickly yeah, that psychological impact of well oh, i've done so much work and I've only got that amount, that much. I've only lost or maintained. That's not, and you say that it, it can switch them into the to the downturn. So, in terms of people who are, who are listening, I've shared Seth's advice about look for the long term, the longer term, whatever that long term, longer term is, it's not a week. It's got to be something over a period of time and evaluate what what you're doing how you're doing it and as sefton shared his own thoughts at the beginning was about food nutrition intake and yeah. it's it's
1: all yeah just, just to emphasize I'm sorry to sort of make this out to be a tribute to my son but uh, you know I followed his sporting career as a child and he played football he played cricket he played rugby Uh, And I would often see him uh, breathless during physical exertion uh, during those pastimes. But since his significant weight loss, he's now moved on. He's run at least two marathons. uh, And that's somebody who, uh, you know, would uh, be breathless sort of running uh, uh, half of a rugby field. So, and he's maintained his uh, determination to keep at his current level. Uh, so, allied to his, you know, I, I will share with him on FaceTime or Facebook or whatever it is. I will share with him my performances in the gym uh, as well sometimes. If I've done a personal best on the rowing machine or I've returned to activity, I'll send him a message and my daughter for that matter a message saying, look, this is what your old man's doing at the age of 65, 66. This is what he's still doing. So uh, it, it's it's uh, it's an incentive, and at the moment it's working. So that's my sort of uh, recipe for continuing to uh, uh, self motivate and uh, and go to the gym. So uh, yeah, I hope that helps uh, Thank others. You.
0: Thank you, Sefton. It's really, I really appreciate you, you coming on, and hopefully in the, the future we'll invite Sefton back on to share some nuggets of knowledge. Because I'm an advocate of the, the, the senior, middle-aged, older male and their knowledge. We have a breadth of knowledge and I, I, we're, I'm happy to share it. And as you can hear, Sefton is willing to share. His yeah. um,
1: I, I, I also, as this is targeted at males, um, I also wanted to uh, share this as well for people who are listening, that um, three years ago, completely out of the blue, I received a, a diagnosis of um, prostate cancer. I was 62 at the time. Um, it 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 started as a result of an alert from uh, my doctor, who said that I'd got a raised PSA level. I didn't even know what a PSA level was until he 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 mentioned that to me. And essentially, uh, it's a prostate specific antigen that is measurable on a blood test. And although it's not definitive of any outcome, there are markers and levels uh, within such a sample that can cause an alert that requires an investigation. Um, And in my case, my level of PSA was low but sufficiently high if that makes sense to cause an investigation. And following the investigation, I got the diagnosis. And um, I think it's important for male health to be aware of uh, prostate cancer. It it is uh, often a condition that has no outward symptom. Uh, You don't know you've got it till you know you've got it, but you can check to see if you might be at risk of having it. And any male over 50 in my opinion, should be asking to have a PSA-level test uh, from their GP just to check out. There is absolutely no downside. And there's been a lot of famous people uh, who've uh, come out with prostate cancer and some of them, unfortunately, haven't uh, made, made it. And I don't know at what stage they were diagnosed, but in my case, thankfully, the staging of my cancer was uh, such that I was able to get a permanent cure. And I never, I I, I, I won't forget when my consultant said, uh, no, we can cure this. It was the first time that I'd understood the difference between a cure and a treatment. A treatment means they'd manage it, but you're never going to get rid of it. But a cure means you were going to get rid of it. And that's what happened to me. And I'm here, uh, thankfully, to be able to uh, tell that. And again, if sharing my experience, 62 years of age, sitting at my desk, get a phone call from a doctor, Sefton, you need to get checked out. We did a blood test, your PSA levels slightly raised. Don't be alarmed, but you've got to have it investigated. I was lucky that I got that phone call and there will be, one in eight men uh, suffers the disease and it works out that several hundred a day will get their phone call or could get the phone call that I got. But there are lots more people who never get the call and that can be uh, too late, too little too late. So from one male to others listening to this, don't be shy, don't be embarrassed, don't think you're being a wuss. It doesn't hurt having a blood test. It's free. Uh, You may find some resistance from your GP practice to offer it to you. But if you insist, then do it. Do it. Because you've absolutely nothing to lose. It's five minutes of your life having the test. But it could add more than five years to your life when you know the result. And allied with that, I'd already started my fitness regime. Uh, when I got the diagnosis and and post, I had surgery for for my treatment, my cure, and the fitness I gained through my exercise regime uh, undoubtedly helped me uh, with my recovery as well, because I had been doing some core exercise or working my core. Uh, My other exercise of choice is on the rowing machine, and that uses abdominal muscles, which were important for recovery for my surgery. And in, in fact, the, the, the doctors commented on my uh, ability to perform basic exercise, basic, positional, uh, 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 basic positions following the surgery uh, without too much pain and difficulty, and, and, and they were quite impressed by that. So again, that marries in the benefits of fitness. You don't know what health issue may be around the corner but it stood me in good stead. So um, I'm sorry if that's maybe a bit too uh, close to the bone for some people, but it's an issue that I don't think should be hidden.
0: No, right, Sefton. And and, yeah, that was really profound, that. And I purposefully shut up the entirety of Sefton's piece there because I... Think it's really significant, really important about male fitness. And yes, we can do some research, and I will have some um, direct links on the, the website about male fitness, the demographics of it. There's obviously certain groups who are more um, susceptible to susceptible to it, but we yeah. know that it, it, anybody, as the figures there, that Sefton shared, it's a life changer. So Sefton, I really appreciate your time in your busy day. Thank you. uh, I'll hope to we'll speak again. I'm sure we will at at some point. So thank you, and uh, to all the listeners, subscribe and get back. And each week we'll share something new.